0: Hello and welcome everyone to the Bring the Sting podcast. I'm your host, Evan Birchmore. Today is Monday, February the 27th, 2023. And on today's show, we talk about the Charlotte Hornets and more specifically, have they been winning too many games? I'll dive into that and a few other items as well. Thank you once again for joining the show. And we will be joined for a fantastic guest interview with Nicholas Mullick from the Swarm and Sting blog. Had a great conversation with Nicholas talking all things Hornets, talking about tanking, the draft lottery, draft prospects, and the potential for Miles Bridges to rejoin the Charlotte Hornets. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, without further ado, let's go ahead and dive on in. The Hornets are on a four-game winning streak. And, you know, we almost forgot how fun this whole winning thing was. In a season with so many losses, in a season that seemed like a lost cause from the beginning, To win four in a row for many teams would not be that significant of a development, but for the Charlotte Hornets and for yours truly, I am truly excited about it, guys, and I know not all of you feel the same way. A lot of you may be saying, Evan, what about Victor Wimbanyama? To that I say, what about him? You still have a fantastic chance at grabbing the French Phenom in this summer's NBA draft." Guys, the draft is a lottery. It is not a sure thing. There's a reason it's called the lottery. It's because it is a chance, not a guarantee. And here's what I mean by that. You are currently the fourth worst team in the NBA, and you are for all intents and purposes locked into that through the end of the year. Unless somebody just completely craters or unless somebody gets hot and passes you or unless you just keep winning games at a clip that I don't think is realistic, you will be the fourth-worst team. You are 6.5 back of Orlando, and you are 3.5 up on the third-worst team right now, the Detroit Pistons. So you look at that, guys, you're going to have high lottery odds, whatever the case may be. You are not going to pass Orlando because Orlando is not going to just crater because Orlando, I think, is actually a decent team. They're just a little bit young. But you look at that, guys, 12.5% chance at number one as opposed to a 14% chance if you land in the top three. So to me, it boils down to this. What's more valuable and more important to you? A one and a half more percent chance at getting Vic or teaching the young guys how to win, exciting your fan base, developing young players, and creating some energy around this team for the first time in almost a whole year, right? Basically for the first time since the play-in loss last year to the Hawks. Right, so basically for 10 months, it's been all negativity, and now you have some positivity, and I feel like there's a certain group of fans out there who don't want that because they want this increased chance at Victor Wimbanyama. And look, I understand that. The guy is going to be incredible, but here's the thing. You still might get him, and here's the other thing. Even if you don't, you're going to get a blue-chip prospect in the draft. You're going to be picking high in the draft this summer. No doubt about that. So it's up to you to decide what do you prioritize, development, winning, and creating a good culture or losing and getting a better chance at number one. And to me, I just can't bring myself to root for that. Like at the end of the day, sports is about wins and losses. And the goal is to win the game. And as somebody who roots for the Hornets to win games, I don't have it in myself to pull for losing. Right? And here's the other thing. You're not going to just win out. You know, you're not going to go newsflash on a 24-game winning streak to close out the season. you got 20 games left, guys. You know who you play this Wednesday? The Suns. And you know who debuts for the Suns this Wednesday? Kevin Durant. I'm going to go ahead and chalk that up as an L. you got some other games that I think you'll probably lose. At New York, they're a good team. You play the Cavaliers three more times. you got Philadelphia, who's a good team. At Dallas, who just added Kyrie Irving. You, You know, there's some other games in here, guys, that the teams you're playing are just simply better than you. And so you're not going to win all these games. And really, to me, like if it was a situation where it was the last game of the year and you just went all out and played star players who were injured and tried to win, you know, that's different. But this, with 20 games left, we just came off the All-Star break. I just think personally it's more important to develop good habits and make it an environment that Wimbanyama could come into and flourish or one of the Thompson twins, or Scoot Henderson, or whoever it is, right? So, that's my personal opinion on that. I don't think you're winning too much, because look at the records, guys. You're still not a very good team. Like, your record is still pretty bad, right, as you sit at 19 and 43. So, you go from 15 and 43 to 19 and 43. Congrats. Now, you're only 24 games under 500, instead of being 28 games under 500, right? So... Does it really make that much difference in the grand scheme of things? No. And look at the teams you've beaten on this win streak as well. Again, not trying to downplay it. I'm just saying it's not something where I think it really drastically changes the outcome for this team. In the, you know, from a ten thousand foot perspective, but you look, you beat the Hawks who just fired their coach, the Spurs who I don't even know how many games in a row they've lost. I think it's sixteen in a row if I'm not mistaken games in a row at Minnesota who's pr- been a pretty underwhelming team this year and then the Heat who are also a pretty underwhelming team this year right they're 7th in the east right now they're 3 games above 500 so looking at that win these games and then you're going to lose some more as well and just kind of go with it guys i don't think it's worth getting upset at winning games i just don't have it in me to 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 have that frame of mind and with that said you do have 20 games left and you have the Tied for seventh easiest remaining schedule, according to the folks over at Tankathon. That's based on opponents' win percentage. So we'll see. I mean, I really don't think it's out of the question, though, that you could create some winning momentum in the home stretch of the season. And I would personally love to see that coming down the home stretch of the season. All right, guys, two more items I do want to touch on before we get to our guest interview again with Nicholas Mullick of Swarm and Sting NBA draft prospects. Again, I, I feel like many people are. Wembenyama or bust. And I get that because he's a generational prospect, but there are other good players in this draft. Obviously, Scoot Henderson is the consensus number two prospect in the draft. So that leads me to think who's number three and who would you want to see in Charlotte, right? Kind of goes back to best player available or fit on the roster, right? And I'm a big best player available guy, particularly at the top of the draft, like second round. I think it's okay to draft for need, but Hopefully, they check both boxes. But you look at it, Wimbanyama obviously, if you're number one, you're taking him. But he wants to play center, and you have Mark Williams, who's now looked tremendous in the time since Mason Plumlee got traded. That would not necessarily be the smoothest basketball fit, although it would be obviously the best player. Scoot Henderson, who's a ball handler, a perimeter player, you already have LaMelo there to kind of fill that role. So I look at it, guys, I think the biggest need from a basketball sense could be on the wing where you look at you have Gordon Hayward, who's injury-prone and getting older, Kelly Oubre, who may or may not be back next year, Miles Bridges, who we don't know what his situation is. Uh, You just look at that P.J. Washington, who we hope will be back, and it looks like will be back, but, you know, things could always change. I think wing could be the place where you actually have the greatest need and where you could have a guy slide in, and I think you could have a situation where if you draft a young wing player, Gordon Hayward next year could kind of be what Mason Plumlee was this year start early in the season, build that trade value, and then at the deadline, move him. He's He'll be an expiring deal next year, move off his money, and elevate the young guy into the starting five. And if Kelly Oubre's back, he's a super sub. Like, he can start, he can come off the bench, played really good ball this year. So that would personally be the direction I would lean in. And that leads you to, guys, you know, the wing prospects in this draft. There's guys like a Cam Whitmore, a Brandon Miller, you know, guys like that. Brandon Miller is a guy who I had had my eye on for quite some time. Now is caught up in some legal issues with this, you know, horrible situation at Alabama. We'll see what comes of that. But from a basketball perspective, he's the guy I'm looking at, who I think would really be a good fit. Cam Whitmore at Villanova has also been playing really well um, this season. Because at the end of the day, there are a lot of talented players in any NBA draft. It's up to you. Again, as a franchise, as a front office, as an organization, to identify the talent, scout it properly, bring it in-house, and then develop it to be useful to winning basketball. That's the challenge for the Hornets this offseason, whether it be Victor, Scoot, Amen Thompson, Brandon Miller, whoever it may be, that is the challenge for the Charlotte Hornets this offseason. All right, guys, that'll wrap it up for this portion of the episode. But as I mentioned at the top, stay tuned. A fantastic guest interview with Nicholas Mullick from Swarm and Sting. Nicholas and I talk all things Hornets. It's a fantastic conversation. You don't want to miss it, so stay tuned for that. Thank you all for tuning in to the show, and until next time, go Hornets. All right, everybody, help me give a warm welcome to Nicholas Mullick, one of the contributors with Swarm and Sting, covers the Charlotte Hornets, friend of the show, has been on as a guest in the past. We are super excited to have Nicholas on with us yet again today. Nicholas, how are you, man?
1: Doing great, doing great. Uh, thank you for allowing me to come on again. Uh, it's not been the best season, but, you know, I'm glad we got the winning streak up.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, no doubt. It's been, been a rough year, but I think really what the Hornets have proven is I don't think they're as far away as people might might think they are, but, you know, I'm, and I've seen the stuff you put on Twitter and whatnot as well. Like at the end of the day, we just want to see them win games, right? Yeah, that's um, the it, main
1: goal. That The right. main goal in sports is to win games because I, I don't want to sit here as, as a fan. I, you know, my, all my other fans, fans of previous teams, I don't want to watch a losing season. Right. Like, nobody wants that. I just want to win games.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's just really it's so discouraging. Like there's there have been times this season I'm like, man, I cannot watch this. You're losing seven, eight games in a row. Uh, and to see them just even in the games, I think recently where they even haven't won, to just compete more and, and be a competitive team, I think that is a step in the right direction. That's the, something the you lowest can kinda, part
1: of the season was that Grizzlies game where you, you just you got destroyed. About, got, yeah, yeah, not only that, but, but when Morant basically let the ball go through and nobody was going after, him, I'm like, uh, hello. Uh, are you, are you guys even motivated to even want to be here? Like Right, right. That right. Po- at that point, I was this close turning off the TV. And right. I'm like, nah, I got to watch the rest of this game because I, I, I can't leave my team behind.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And that's the thing that I'm happy for the fans. I'm happy for the players, man. Like losing – takes a toll i've been i've played basketball before on some bad teams like when you're on a team that just loses and does not win man it it stinks And you don't want to show up and especially you're a professional basketball player like this is your job this is your career and to show up every day and show up at the gym and put in the work and you're not winning games like how do you feel good about that it can just suck the joy out of the building and at the end of the day it's sports it's supposed to be fun it's entertainment for us, right? So I'm glad to see them winning games. And it leads me into the the first thing I really wanted to have you on and talk about. Do you think they're winning too many games at this point in the year, right? Like you're not going to make the playoffs, you're not going to make the play in, you know, barring something ridiculous happening. So I ask you, do you think they're hurting themselves long term by winning games? Or no. do you think it's more worth it to build that good experience and kind of create an atmosphere of winning? for the guys that they have right now
1: first off no like winning all these games is not a negative and for those saying that is just ridiculous and i've seen a lot of i've heard a lot of people the fans say oh well we're gonna lose victor first off there's a draft lottery you forgot about that and i don't get i don't get myself hyper process i learned during when michael k gilchrist got drafted because i wanted anthony davis that year that whole season It, it was brutal I wanted Anthony Davis, and then the lottery hit, and we didn't get Anthony Davis. We got Michael K. Gilchrist. And I'm like, after that point, I'm like, I'm not going to hype myself for the, the draft until the lottery is set in stone. And let's be real. This season in the beginning is brutal, and we've ha- we've been winning games lately. It goes to show change. It goes to show that we may really have something, and it shows that the youth, the younger players on this team, are contributing. So what I don't understand as well with the whole winning and you know them losing their draft stock right now i believe they're fourth according to tankathon they have 19 wins guess who the next team has the
0: most amount of wins
1: Guess, uh, guess.
0: orlando i believe
1: guess how many wins they got
0: i think aren't they at 25 25 yes. or 26 and how many wins there? do
1: we have 19, 19. so we got yeah. we have a six game deficit so who cares if we lose if we win all these games? All right. Like, seriously, I don't understand. Like we, we're down six games. We can't win a few games and that that's not going to hinder our draft lottery. I believe we have pretty much, you know, close, you know, percentage-wise is if we're third, if we're second, if we're first in the draft lottery. So who cares if we win games? I'm just glad that we're winning. I don't want to sit here losing and be the worst team forever. I don't want that to happen. I want to see change. I want to see wins and i want to be happy after i watch a game. i don't want to i don't want to sit here just to watch a, a brutal loss and they've had a bunch of brutal losses this year.
0: man, but. it is sunday and you are preaching, brother, preach it man. yeah, <laughs> i could not agree more. uh i was doing the research before we hopped on here. yeah, you're totally correct. so in terms of the uh the lottery, you know, how it would shake out if the season ended today, the hornets are basically they're the fourth worst team by record you got uh houston san antonio and detroit all one through three thank God and then not san antonio,
1: by the way they're in yeah thank 17. you lost like they're yeah in, like, whatever it the is the only thing that that i'm happy if i'm san antonio right now that you're happy about is that greg popovich is still there and i yeah. will forever respect Greg. that's popovich.
0: the only reason yeah <laughs> so at this point i mean i think there's a good chance you're basically locked into being fourth in the lottery odds right because I looked at this the uh the standing so you're six and a half back of Orlando in the win column uh for the fifth lottery odds like you would have to make up six and a half games in order to pass them and and for them to slip down to, to the fourth best lottery odds and you're three and a half games up on third right now which I believe is Detroit um right now so basically you're you're closer to third than you are to you're closer to dropping back down than you are to moving up. But basically, you're you're pretty comfortably there at fourth, right? One through three get that 14% chance at the number one pick. Like you say, it's a lottery. It's not a guarantee. It's not the NFL. And, right? and one other
1: thing, too, I want to mention as well, because yeah. oh, we should, you know, lose these games, get pick number one. When's the last time a team is picked first overall when they've tanked to the point? I can't even remember. Was it the Tampa right. Wolves? Uh, no, I think that's the year Golden State. Like the
0: process, yeah. Sixers maybe, yeah, maybe when the, they got you know, Embiid or Embiid uh, yeah. wasn't even the number 1 pick. No, Simmons, ben, was. Simmons, yeah. Simmons was. Ben Simmons.
1: Ben Simmons was. that like seriously, even if you're the worst team, that doesn't mean you're going to get the first overall pick. There's a lottery. This isn't the NFL draft. Right, like, right. So let's get let's hold let's put the brakes here for a second and stop with oh, well, I want to lose, I want this, I want that. Just be happy we got a W.
0: So basically what I think it boils down to is the people who who want you to lose and tank at this point you got 20 games left in the season right now and they want you to lose enough where you go from a 12 and a half percent chance at number one to a 14 percent chance that's so one and a half percent chance now again it's not just number one like your odds at number two number three it's it's sort of all throughout you know every possibility but no matter what this is a very deep draft like from even people who cover drafts and i like the draft but i'm not you know The people who really do this thing like for a living say, like, this is a really deep draft. You ought to be able to get a stud no matter where you land. And so that's kind of my next question I want to ask you. And one more tidbit on this as well before we move on to that. Like I mentioned, you got 20 games left. I look up uh, Tankathon, kind of ranks the schedules based on winning percentage of the teams you're going to play, of your opponents, right? And it's sort of. You know, like if you're a bad team, every game seems hard, right? Because every other team is probably better than you. But the Hornets, for what it's worth, have the seventh easiest, tied for seventh easiest remaining schedule. So I think you could go on a little bit of a run here. Like, I don't think it'd be ridiculous to see them go 10 and 10 in the last 20 games and end up at like a 29 win kind of a team. Right. And I don't think that'd be a bad thing necessarily. Uh, But leading into the draft, kind of who are some guys say they don't get like Victor is going to be number one. Scoot Henderson is going to be number two. If you're there at third, who's your guy?
1: Oh boy. There's a, there's a lot of names here that I like. Uh, the, the the three names that I kind of settled on a little bit that I'm all right with is Brandon Miller from Alabama. Uh, Cause he, when I watched, uh, a, I haven't watched a lot of film yet. Cause like I said, I don't get myself hyped for the draft lottery until I'm not drafting the draft until the lottery hits, and that's when I'm like full in. But from the footage I've seen, I like Brandon Miller. He reminds me a lot of Rudy Gay, uh, for when he played in San Antonio. And we kind of could use a you know, a we could use a point forward, especially because we lowballed PJ Washington and contract negotiations like in the beginning of the season. And I, I seriously doubt he comes back, but. Uh, he's a guy I'm, I like. Dequeer uh, Whitehead from Duke is someone who I'm interested in. Uh, I'm in Thompson because you can put him either at shooting guard or point guard, and you never hurts to get as much many guards as you want. Uh, but going to look at the Nuggets pick because that's going to be a late pick. That's going to be like a a lottery ticket. I kind of I kind of want this Ruper kid from France. Uh, I th- Ryan Rupert. I can't pronounce name, so if I mispronounce your name, Mister Rupert, I apologize for that. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing with him: we kind of need a swingman on this team, and he. Listen, I get Nick Batum. His awful contract kind of ruined him in Charlotte, but Nick Batum is a nice swingman to have on the team, and he reminds me so much of Nick Batum. And I would love, you know, for them to, you know, get Rupert with that Nuggets pick. But the three guys I would love third overall if the hornets are there or brandon miller amon thompson or Derek whitehead
0: yeah all good picks brandon miller really is the guy who i've been liking more and more and obviously we got to touch on it though the, the whole legal situation with him you know
1: oh yeah that, that I don't, that's
0: right that's there, there, there's that's, still that's facts coming pick, to you know? the surface and i don't obviously i'm not a lawyer so i don't want to make any sort of judgment on the guy um whether or not he you know pending that and and at at best like best case scenario it just seems like maybe his judgment is not great because I don't know if you saw yesterday Alabama played he came out for the warm-ups and his teammate did like a pat down on him like pretending to be a security guard that's so they asked the coach about it and he said it was like inappropriate like just bad judgment right and with this team all the stuff they've gone through with the Miles Bridges arrest and him being gone for a year. And I know Montrez Harrell wasn't active on the team when he got arrested, but he got arrested last summer. Oh my God, Just all this stuff. So... Like, I don't think, I don't think Charlotte needs to be adding any more off the court question marks than they already have. Um, but from a purely basketball standpoint, Brandon Miller, I think is a seamless fit. For the Hornets. You know, I'm a big South Carolina fans and South Carolina played Alabama last week I watched the whole game. Miller had 41 points, had a bucket at the end of regulation to force it to overtime and had a bucket in overtime with about eight tenths of a second left to win the game. Uh, a little like a left hand layup kind of did a jump stop. Nice move. He was getting to the basket all night. He was knocking down from three. He, he can score at all three levels, you know, the mid range at the goal and from three point range. Can play make. Uh, so that guy, I mean, he's got the game. Uh, the off court stuff is my question there. Uh, the Thompson Twins certainly would be intriguing additions. Uh, they're pairing it up in the G League as well. Um, and then Walker from Houston as well, I think, could be a good. There's fit. another guy I was looking at right.
1: too. I haven't seen a lot of him, right? Uh, but he's he was a guy on my list of potential watch watches, uh, right? But. I've seen more of Miller Thompson and Whitehead for me to make right. those touches, but he's a guy I'm definitely looking at.
0: Absolutely. And I look at the Hornets roster right now, like clear, obviously. Yes. If you get number one, you take Vic and, and you don't think twice about it. Right. But Victor Wimbanyama has said that he wants to play center and what the way Mark Williams has played now, look, Victor's probably going to be better than Mark Williams, but Mark Williams has been doing really well. And I don't they really know. have something in
1: this kid. They, yeah, they, yeah, I thought that I thought that Kai Jones because I in the last podcast I said watch out for Kai Jones, but they've been messing him up, you know, bringing him from the minor leagues to the G back league, and forth, back, but back and, forth, and forth, which yep. just annoys me so much that they keep doing that in the NBA. I get why, but it just annoys me and it hinders their development. But they really have something in this Mark Williams kid. Oh, yeah, I, I wait, uh, I normally take like two, three, maybe four years to fully. Say this guy is a fantastic player because it's, you know, prospects could take a while to develop and sometimes they could regress. But I like what I'm seeing from Williams. And I know we're getting off topic here, but I got to ask this team one question Why the hell wasn't this kid starting earlier in the season?
0: (laughs) Mason Plumbly, man. (laughs) Don't
1: even get me started with that. All we got, all great job, by the way, getting a second round pick in that deal that is, you know, in 2028 and basically a buyout candidate. Great job. All those wasted minutes when we could have given it to this Williams kid look um, I,
0: I like Mason Plumley and I'm I'm rooting for the guy with the Clippers but yeah it's like too, we were but, sitting but on this gold mine
1: still you like I get like you, you want to get something for him but this season was going nowhere the guy was a liability like most of the time on the court I wanted to see the future of this team and yet you're giving Plumley like 30 minutes <laughs> 20 minutes on some games and you're going to give Mark Williams like five maybe nine like what's going on here
0: and then here's the thing too if you're I would understand it if it's like, hey, we gotta we gotta boost Plumley's trade value. We gotta play him. We gotta kinda showcase him, build the stats a little bit. But you got a underwhelming, I think is the word. That oh, I you would got it, you got a terrible for that was him.
1: a bad trade. Right. That, that that was oh complete waste of minutes. But is it as disgraceful as the McDaniels trade? Don't even, ugh, that trade annoys me as much. But no, but point is you wasted all this time on Plumlee just to see his trade value and all you could get is basically a second round pick in 2028
0: and Reggie really? Jackson who you bought out who's expiring oh, anyway so you basically fifth. flopped or flipped an expiring for another expiring uh, but yeah great to great circle job. back yeah um in terms of fits on the roster and, and what like really because Wim says he wants to play center he's obviously tall enough to play center uh, but I don't know if then you would have Vic Nick Richards, uh, Mark Williams, and Kai Jones, who, who, you know, what position does he slide in at um, all on the roster? So Victor obviously is the best player in the, in the class, but I don't think he's the best fit from a position of need. Right. And it always goes back to you. Do you draft for need or do you draft best player available? And I always think you should take best player available and figure it out later, No Um, question. but looking at this team, clearly point guard is settled. You have Lamelo. Um, depending on you know other decisions though like Mark Williams looks to be the center of the future I don't know who else is untouchable I mean I would like to see Terry Rozier stay in Charlotte because I like his game Kelly Oubre they've said that they would try to bring him back what I what I look at it like though is this I think if you can get a wing a guy who can play the three and the four number one that's insurance in the case PJ Washington leaves number two Kelly Oubre might leave insurance for that and number three next year Gordon Hayward is on the final year of his deal. So Gordon Hayward could basically become next year's Mason Plumlee and be a guy you trade at the deadline and then have a young guy slide into the starting five in his place once he leaves via trade. So I really think if you can get a wing player, kind of like a a three slash four, maybe can play some small ball five. I really think... That, in terms of the basketball fit, is the way to go. Again, that's why I like Brandon Miller. It's just the off-court stuff now really gives me some questions about that guy. Um, but we'll see if there's maybe another another candidate as well that they have their eye on. And then in terms of the late lottery pick, you know, the Nuggets pick and even the second-round pick, uh, second-round picks have been mostly pretty good for Charlotte, actually, under Mitch Kupchak. But you look at that and you say, okay, who's maybe a guy – I think of a guy like any e. Money Bates at Eastern Michigan, a guy who was supposed to be this lottery pick a couple of years ago, didn't work out at Memphis. I think that's a guy and that's a pick, a late enough pick, like a second round pick. Hey, if it doesn't work out, whatever, all you did was you missed on a second round pick. It's not like you're taking him number one, but if he works out, then you look like a genius for taking him at a second round pick. So that would maybe be a direction I would go with that. Um, But interesting nonetheless, and it's a stacked draft this year. Excited to see what the Hornets can get with their picks. Uh, Leading into our final big topic I wanted to talk about, Miles Bridges is back in the news. Says he might be back in March. Uh, All indications are that he's working on returning to the Hornets. I just want to ask you, frankly, do you want to see him back with the team?
1: Well, I'm, I was sort of 50-50 on this. There's like a you know a half of me that says, no, I don't want this guy back. But there's a part of me that understands why they want to try to bring him back. Because in the NBA, you really need three players to have a chance at succeeding in this league. And they already have one for sure in Lamella when he's healthy. And we'll see if in a few years if Williams becomes that number two, which I hope. But here's the thing. Is there going to be like a suspension if he comes back? Because... This is something that I a lot of people have, like, largely ignored when talking about Miles Bridges is, like, is there going to be a level of suspension coming from him? But for me, if it was me, no, I would not bring Miles Bridges back for not only what he did to uh, his wife, but what he did to his son as well, which is inexcusable, but... I under, Like like I said, part of me understands why you don't want to bring him back, and I wouldn't bring him back. I'm leaning towards that side, but there's that tiny bit of me that understands the reasoning of why. But the main question I have, if, you, if he comes back, which I don't think he will be coming back this year, I just he, – he's too untouchable, and you want to see what your future assets bring you and the younger players, and just bringing in him would just, you know, derail those plans. And I think a better idea would be to wait until next offseason to bring him in. And he gets, you know, prepared training. Cause I don't even, you may know more of this. I don't think he's trained that much, you know, since he's been out of basketball. He's been focusing on his legal issues. Like I I said the same thing when Deshaun came back in the NFL. We don't know if this guy's going to be ready to, he's going to be extremely rusty if he comes back now. So I would wait a little bit if you want to bring him back. But no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to touch him and bring him back. And cause this team is building a culture right now. They're, They're trying to build a winning culture, and they want to win together. And if you bring him in, like, what does that go to show about your culture? Like, I get, I know him and Lamelo are close. You can tell. I, I believe it was against the Lakers, was it that he and uh,
0: he was at the game? Yeah, he was at the
1: game, and you could tell. Like, which, by the way, I don't even know how the hell he was able. Miles Bridges was able to step on that court.
0: And been, sit like courtside, basically. Not,
1: not only courtside. At the end of the game, he basically was walking on the court. Right. Uh, I I I I used to work at like uh, arenas, and nobody can even go near the courts right. like that. So I where have no idea how he, I, Yeah, I have no idea where how, where security was or how he was able to get on there. But you know, like we'll, we'll see where it goes. I don't see him coming back this season. I just don't. Like he he hasn't been training like I said, I and I just I just feel like if you want to bring him back, wait until like the summer, wait until like he's got his training in and see if he's ready to go, and if I believe all of his legal stuff is fully one hundred percent clear now, right? It, like I'm my understanding,
0: joking. I mean, there might be some residual, you know, issues lingering, but I think mostly it's 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 wrapped up.
1: Probably, pro- uh, Well, I, I I'm not I'm not a lawyer. I don't know anything legal, <laughs> but. Yeah, we'll see where it goes, but I just – I I seriously – the fact there's no suspension yet is confusing because I think there's going to be one coming.
0: Yeah, that's the thing to me is the suspension of games, right? Like this does not count – him missing this season doesn't count as a suspension. It, you know, it's kind of a suspension, but not, re- not technically in terms of the NBA is still able to suspend him for a certain amount of games. So the only reason I think it would make sense to bring him back this season – is to suspend him for games this season and go ahead and at least, Hey, you know, 20 games left. Let's say he comes back today. Let's say news breaks tonight that he's back. Okay. Well then go ahead and suspend him for the, the remaining 20 games of this year and just go ahead and, and have that under your belt, can I N- guess. Can
1: the NBA do that though? Like, yeah, I, I don't they don't would know. be able to, like, to my, under- to my that understanding, to my
0: understanding. Right. Um, and it's what they did similar to uh, Jeffrey Taylor, who was with Charlotte Oh, yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. I remember. No,
0: I think Bridges' case was more serious. So I'm not sure how that'll impact, you know, a a potential suspension or not. The other thing you mentioned as well, how's he going to look when he does come back? I mean, we don't know how he will. He's been out of basketball for a whole season at this point and had obviously a lot of other things on his mind and other things to take care of. You know, granted people get injured and come back all the time, but at least then you're still working out, you're around the team. This is obviously a whole different set of circumstances. We really don't know how he's going to look upon his return. And so that's, that's kind of where I'm at on it. Um, I do think Look, I'm a believer in second chances. I don't think you should just totally – Right. And I don't look to – I guess at some point you kind of have to separate the basketball from the basketball players, right? Like these guys – and look, it's awesome when they do good things in the community and give back and you like to see them have fun with their teammates and all. But like I don't look to basketball players as role models of any type um and, and granted like credit to the guys who do step up like lebron you know whether you like him as a player or not he seems to be a fantastic role model good father has never really the guy, the wrote,
1: guy he built a school too yeah a very are yeah. respectable things they say, say right. what you want about lebron with you know how he is but you, the fact they built a school is yeah. just so respectable and, and so you know, like bismack like, Biyombo too you don't need right bismack Biyombo did it yeah i uh, listen as much as i'm not a big bismack guy uh, when he was in Hor- in charlotte the fact he donated his entire check to a you know a hospital, he's earned bonus points. Oh, dude,
0: Bismack plan. Bismack the Human is like a Hall of. fame. Oh my god, NBA. he's he he yeah.
1: is so respectable. Dude. Oh yeah, but Bismack, yeah, but... if you're if you're watching this right now,
0: kudos <laughs> to you. Shouts <laughs> out, Bismack, biombo man. Yeah, but well, I mean, we'll see. Look, at this point, I'm kind of indifferent about it. Like, I I could I could understand the rationale behind either decision. I just hope that in in Miles's heart, he's really had time to reflect on this. Um, and I'm glad it wasn't something where he was just able to come back with no consequences. Like I do think there have been serious consequences, and I hope he's learned a lesson from that. Uh and I don't look to to Miles Bridges as any sort of a role model like for my life or anything like that. So, you know, that's kind of where I'm at with it. But it'll be interesting to see. I mean, that's that's been an ongoing storyline, obviously, for like almost a year now. Um it's kind of bizarre oh my to God, think it's been, been going on like forever. Been yeah. Going forever. Yeah. So well, uh, it really and, feels and
1: like one of the things I want to say as well. Miles Bridges does get suspended. Has to be a year. Has to be. A I think year. So,
0: I th- yeah, think I'm not sure. What they'll do. Be. Yeah. Because then at that point, he would have been out of basketball for two whole years uh, for you know obviously counting this season and then next year when, as well
1: thinking about the big picture I mean you talk about a fall from grace bro like I mean here, yeah. here's the guy who went from being a max player was going to make multi maybe a hundred million dollars I, I don't know what the max was that he was going to be offered that to out of the league out of a job and his reputation. it's quite like maybe he'll be able to rebuild which I hope he he does because like you said I believe in second chances but it's quite a fall from grace
0: oh yeah 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 no doubt um so tough situation all around uh glad that I'm not the person who has to make that decision I agree for I sure agree. <laughs> um but yeah that that's kind of where we're at so you know in terms of the hornets that are that are currently active and eligible to play though you got 20 games left uh, again like I said seventh easiest schedule left they get the Pistons tomorrow night the sun's Wednesday with KD making his debut with oh, Phoenix man. so that'll oh, be fun that's
1: gonna that's <laughs> gonna be that's gonna be so fun.
0: But then you look at these other games, like, I think they could put something together. You got the Magic, the Nets, who now have no KD, no Kyrie, and just lost by, you know, like 200 points to the Bulls the other night. Uh, the Knicks, the Pistons, the Jazz. Uh, you do play Cleveland three more times, who's a good team. Philly, who is a good team, but – I'm know, not the- so
1: sure. I'm not so sure about Philly. Like, people say yeah. Philly is – I don't know if Philly's that – I think they're kind of overrated. Yeah. But- <laughs> One reason why I, I is, I think Doc Rivers is a very over, I don't really think coaching I, as much as it did yeah. back in the day. But Doc Rivers is kind of a terrible coach. That guy <laughs> he hasn't has been had some.
0: He's had some stacked squads, man. And you think about the guys he's had. Oh my like, god!
1: He should have won when Blake Griffin and CP3 were there. When Bob Griffin City Clippers, injured, the most one of
0: the most underachieving teams I think ever. Oh I mean, god. I know they had to go up with the Warriors and all, but they didn't even ever make a conference final, well, well, which is yeah, bizarre. They
1: Didn't even make it past the second round. Thank goodness they did when uh, Kawhi. Uh, Right, right. I'm happy they got out of the second round, which is, you know, something that I hope our the Hornets organization can finally get us to do because we've never made it past the second round. Right. In fact, I don't even think we made it past the first round.
0: It's, like, it's, it's brutal. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no. no.
0: But we'll see what they can do the rest of the way. If I'm not mistaken, the only team left that you have not played at all this year is Dallas and you get a back to back with Dallas. You play at Dallas on a Friday and then host them on a Sunday. so a little bit of an interesting setup there. uh but yep, I'm excited to keep watching ball. I mean, they've been playing well and Mark Williams has been going off 20 rebounds last night the most by any Hornet since Dwight Howard. oh my Howard. god
1: i'm oh so... i'm I'm so I'm so happy. That we may finally, because this let's be real, this team hasn't had a center in so long.
0: Really? Since Dwight? And even Dwight was well, good Dwight on was, the court, but he was kind of good on the court. Dwight
1: was not that great when he played in Charlie. And right. he was kind of a cancer, too. So The
0: numbers I, looked good, but the, right, numbers the looked actual good, but the guy impact. was a cancer. Yeah, there's and, a reason and, they moved off him <laughs> after a year.
1: And, and, well, uh, I, I think I might be wrong. I think they got. got I think they moved him just to get Majkov's contract out. I might be yep. wrong with that, but I like I know in one of the deals Majkov's awful contract was involved. But I don't, I don't. Point is, I don't know which but, is a
0: contract that yeah. Mitch Kupchak oh gave God. him with the oh, Lakers. Well, by the way, but
1: I still, I still think Michael Jordan is the true GM of this of this team.
0: Like, He's pulling the strings behind I can, the scenes. He's Pulling the strings. Yeah, oh, yeah. no which, doubt. I
1: will admit, I will admit, as much as I'm not, a, I've never met Michael Jordan. I hope I do one day, but. He's been doing better than previously. Is he the best? No. Like, there's things he needs to work on. Like, I'm still angered at that McDaniels trade so much. (laughs) The fact you only got two second, well, one second round pick really in the deal and a scrub.
0: Yes, Fee McKay Luke. (laughs) Scrub.
1: Scrub. The guy's a scrub. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, But you couldn't even get a first for him for a guy who's as young as he is, really? But. Going back to my thing, Michael Jordan is—he's getting better, and I like where it's going. I do i i am not so sure Mitch Kupchak has that much. And maybe he's basically an advisor, but I do believe my michael jordan is the true yeah i think yeah, so. But as he's well. doing better from where he was before yeah he is doing better and i hope he keeps that up and doesn't make another bad move. agreed please.
0: <laughs> please all right all right nicholas well thank you so much for joining the show today my man uh go ahead and tell everybody where can they find you on on uh twitter to keep up with you
1: well you could basically just uh type in my name nicholas Smollett. uh i'm at twitter i'm also on linkedin you can you know send me a message say hi or ask me a question about the hornets or anything you know
0: (laughs) all right you heard the man be sure go check him out uh nicholas thank you again for joining the show and thank you everybody for for tuning in yep and thank you all for tuning in to the bring the sting podcast until next time go hornets